0: How you put it when you say, irrespective of what he asks us to do, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. We're following him. Mm-hmm. So today he asks us to do this, we do that. Mm-hmm. We're just obeying. Yeah. So there's a call on every believer. I mean, who have come to Jesus? We have that primary call to him mm-hmm. to be disciples of his. Mm-hmm. And part of that is obeying what he asks us to do. So it's not separated for something like a few, it didn't end with the apostles. We didn't say Okay, it's only these people who have this name or the level, I'm just using that as an example. We all have this responsibility. I think where some people have problems are, is this, uh, how does my life factor? Because, you know, you know, the way the world is now, you need to have a career, you need to get a job, you need to have a family, and then it's like a rat race. Everybody's doing something. And then the question is: Where does this factor? Does that mean I have to abandon everything that I'm learning, abandon school to be, a, uh, I mean, a minister? I mean, in court? what? Do, how do they? Well, that's the beauty this? of discipleship: is it frees you from all those
1: expectations that are often self-imposed. Yeah, um, you know, we have this notion that you know, if we're going to do something, then we have to be qualified and equipped to do so, and, mm-hmm. you know, have the right diplomas online. Mm-hmm. And yet, following Jesus is it should just become second nature. It should become part of our life. It should become uh, something that, that, that dominates, governs everything mm-hmm. that we do. Yeah. Let me illustrate this, you know, as a father, you know, or I wear several hats, a like father and husband and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and pastor and other things, and author. Now, there's times when I'm thinking, And I'm home, and and I'm having to hang up the laundry, and I'm thinking, it's not really what I'm supposed to be doing, you know? (laughs) know? Somebody else has certainly got to be doing this, you know? And and then I stop, and I think to myself, no, this is perfectly right. This is exactly what you should be doing. Mm -hmm. You know, we think of ourselves sometimes with a particular title, and we think, you know, this involves doing this, you know. If I'm a father, then you know I have to. I should be sitting in a particular chair, sure. or eating a from the larger bowl of food, and everybody should be, you know, somehow referencing me a little yeah. more, you know. And so when you find yourself out washing additions or or you know changing the spare tire in the car, you're like, yeah, where is this? Until you realize, no. When we take the example and the model of Jesus, you know, who as Lord is able to wash the feet. That's the whole spectrum right there. And he's saying, whether you're a father, whether you're a minister, whether you are president, it doesn't matter who you are, you should be willing to do the whole gamut. Because everything that you do ultimately plays into uh, not just your role, but the mission. And in ultimately serving God and honoring his name. You know, Paul will say in his letters, do everything, whether you eat, whether you drink. You know, whatever you do, you can fill in the blanks there. You know, whatever you do, whether you're doing homework, you know, whether you're picking up toys, whether you are helping the, you know, the pick up the, the, the doo doo of the dog on the yard. You know, whatever you're doing, it can all be done to the glory of God, depending on your heart attitude. Okay, all so long as your heart attitude is right and you're doing this to His glory, it is to His glory, and, it, and it's pleasing to God, and it should be pleasing to us. We need to get used to saying. Praise God for the opportunity to hang up the laundry today. Praise God for the opportunity to to pick up the the Bibles at church. Praise Mm -hmm. God for the opportunity to to be able to, you know, clean the toilets Mm -hmm. in the sanctuary. Mm -hmm. Praise God Mm -hmm. that
0: I can do even this to his glory. Mm -hmm. Um, For instance, I'll give an example. Some some people end up becoming rehab. People start in pharmacy school today, accountants, and... when you ask them would you serve the Lord some of the times they think well oh, does that mean I have to stop being a pharmacist mm-hmm. um, do they have to really abandon their profession mm-hmm. to serve God or to obey his call uh, do, I mean yeah that's, that's the whole point of this because People start thinking, when you say you want to serve God or you want to do the gospel, you want to serve, do things unto the Lord, they start thinking of the pulpit. <laughs> you know, oh, I'm going to stand behind the pulpit. No, I don't want to preach. But is there a way to incorporate our lives as believers into our daily professions? I mean, just like you said, thinking about all that. Is there a way for students who are studying to graduate from university? Is there a way to manage this? And, you know, well, as around. I said, this
1: is one of the, This was the great strength of the of the early church was that, you know, they were able to incorporate uh, everything under the heading of "I'm a disciple." Mm-hmm. That's who I am. That's my identity. So whether I'm a dentist or a doctor or, you know, a street sweeper, mm-hmm. I'm still a disciple. And so whatever I do, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I keep serving God. You know, that's my overarching identity. Mm-hmm is I'm living to the glory of Jesus Christ. I'm proclaiming his gospel. I'm witnessing to him, whether in the dump or in the parliament. It doesn't matter. Okay? I am his disciple and I will do whatever he tells me to do at any given time, whatever the circumstance may be. Now that being said, do we have to abandon things? There's times we do. Okay? Now abandon in what sense? Jesus told his disciples you know to follow him and then he said to, to do what? Be Okay? Not, not in that context, but later on in uh, Matthew chapter 16, he says you must be willing to deny yourself. Deny yourself, yourself. how are you? oh, We're talking about abandonment right there. But not abandoning your career necessarily. Mm-hmm. Okay? Not because it's this idea mm-hmm. of secular and sacred, and if you're going to be in the sacred world, you need to put the secular yeah, world well, behind yeah, you. No. Yeah, okay. No, he's saying first you abandon yourself. Mm-hmm. First you put your own ego out in the cold. Mm-hmm. You know, you realize that's not going to help you. Sometimes your own desires and your own plans and things are, are going to be counterproductive to God's purposes for you. So being willing to put yourself, your desires, your plans, your dreams, whatever they might be, on the shelf, recognizing that God's must might be higher. Okay? Uh, deny yourself. Right? Take up your cross and follow me. So there are times, one of the things that we often see in Jesus' relationship with his disciples is this idea of uh, being willing to deny your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was huge, and that was difficult, especially in the Middle Eastern context, which is so tightly knit. Right? How do you how do you how do you extricate yourself from your family when that's the only world you know, and when you feel like you cannot survive outside of that? Right? And, and, and Jesus is making it very clear, uh, and let's be clear about this: He's not telling us to hate our family. You know. God forbid, you know, he honors the family in many other contexts, but he's, he's making it clear that our commitment to him must be such, must be so much greater than our family pales in comparison. Right? And so that, that's a part of, of, of leaving sometimes. You know, and that might uh, mean different things in different contexts if your family is uh, berating you for your faith. Mm-hmm. is demanding that you abandon your faith and that you, um, you know, deny Christ, mm-hmm. you might have to leave them yeah. if there's no other option, yeah. okay? Um, in some cases, it's good riddance. I yeah. say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, in some cases, you're like, wow, I, that family, you know, we, we didn't choose our family coming into this world. Yeah. Uh, we, we love and honor them as, as, as best as we can. Yeah. But there are times, and I've seen some examples where the family has become such a burden on an individual. Yeah. That Christ's words, uh, you know, that that, that your loyalty to Him should be greater, is is, is a breath of fresh air to them. them, They're like, okay, I don't feel like I have to be bound to this family or keep honoring and obeying them when I know what they're demanding of me is just absolutely wrong. Right? So there's times when we might have to abandon. Mm-hmm. Jesus made it clear with regard to our financial resources. Mm-hmm. 14, that We'd be willing to put that all at bay, put it all you know, in his hands and make it available to his kingdom mm-hmm. uh, and not hold anything back. So is there a part of us that abandons in a sense? Yes, everything. Yeah. We abandon it all mm-hmm. into his hands. Yeah. We give it all over to him and say, okay, God, this, this is who I am. This is all my background. This is everything. You know, you sift through it. What of this is gonna serve your kingdom? What of it is gonna go by the wayside? You know, and there's parts of us that God can and will use, you know, in mighty ways. Maybe you've been trained as a dentist, maybe you've been trained in one or other field, and God can and will use that, Mm -hmm. okay? He doesn't need to throw that away, it's not an either or scenario. God takes the many elements of our lives to use us in unique ways, Mm. right? Uh, There's people that are serving God in amazing places around the world, We would never expect to find them in that particular... But God is using their particular skill in a unique way to reach maybe people that otherwise are not going to hear the gospel. So it's not an either-or scenario. It's a matter of abandoning ourselves to Christ and allowing Him to sift through what's left so that He can use whatever we've got for His kingdom. And He will. In my experience, there's nothing that... God is not
0: allowed to come into our life that He is not able to use only or not. Oh, that's true. I believe that. I believe that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's interesting. The most important thing to understand now is wherever we find ourselves, we can be disciples. Okay? Mm-hmm. What is happening is God's kingdom, that is Christ and His kingdom, must be priority. <laughs> our loyalty must be to Him as disciples, greater than whatever commitment we have. Mm-hmm. And then, in any situation we find ourselves. God is able to use that mm-hmm. to advance his kingdom yeah. so it's not a matter of saying, oh because I want to serve God now I don't have to be a doctor anymore but because I want to serve. there are some people who quit mm-hmm. secular profession and they want mm-hmm. to go full- time with that. know that's very possible but we can also be full-time with the Lord with whatever profession we find ourselves so people don't feel because when I was in university I found a lot of people wanted to drop out of the university mm-hmm. and they were like, I don't want to study anymore I just want to serve God Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah, you want to do that, but sounds romantic. <laughs> but sometimes yeah. it's it might not work. It works work for some people, it doesn't work for the other people the same. Way. Mm. Some people should stay in school, go to school, mm. and like you said, sometimes in our professions we get to reach people that even pastors in court from the church will not be able to reach, mm. and we can be the disciples there and reach out to them. So no matter where we find ourselves, we have this primary call. To Christ first mm-hmm. to be his disciple yeah. and then when we are his disciple then we obey whatever he tells us to do mm-hmm. and so when you get to that point where you abandon yourself in the sense of everything that you own whatever it is that you are you lay it at his feet and say God use it for your glory mm-hmm. I think when you mentioned that example from the ritual and I think that was the problem he struggled mm-hmm. when Jesus says go sell everything that you have and come back and follow me and then he, he was sad like that yeah. why would you say this Mm -hmm. So basically, that was what he trusted. Yeah,
1: yeah. It was a conflict of interest. Now Jesus was saying, okay, do you really want to be my disciple? Because Mm -hmm. we have two competing interests here. You're, you know, serving your own uh, interest, financial, and otherwise Mm -hmm. a career. And Mm -hmm. and I'm saying, we're going in a different direction. I'm going to the cross. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't do both. Mm -hmm. You know, and and so it's in this sense that... uh, there's times that we have to let go of things so that mm-hmm. so that we can really truly walk after Christ. And it's mm-hmm. not that those things are necessarily wrong, mm-hmm. but it's that sometimes they can become a hindrance to our yeah. uh, service to Christ and our commitment mm-hmm. to him. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes the Lord will pry those things from our hands just to remind us that mm-hmm. you know our commitment must be Absolutely. first and foremost to him.
0: I think what many people get scared of is, oh my god, if I'm gonna net go this I mean I'm gonna lose my house, I'm gonna lose my car. I personally think God is working with the heart here when the heart is right and everything falls in place. If one is still scared about losing the house, losing the car, then the heart is not in the right place. Yeah. It'll be like the rich young ruler who's, who's sad that he's going to lose his money. And Christ keeps turning on, say, lay up treasures for yourself in heaven mm-hmm. where no thieves can break it. And a man's life consists of what I mean, what his mind is focused on. If your heart is in second entrance, that's where your heart is. That's where your loyalty will be. And he says, we cannot serve God and mammon altogether. Mm-hmm. We have to choose one master. So if Christ is our master, then we must give our all to Him. Mm-hmm. So it's not, uh, I mean, it, it's not restricted to some pastor, some fellow people. We're all disciples. Mm-hmm. We're all disciples of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yes, for the sake of the church. There needs to be order. And so there has to be people who are accountable within the church. But we're all disciples of Jesus Christ. We all have the same responsibility to preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. We have the same responsibility to be disciples of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we must take that to heart. So whatever we're trying to pursue, whether in academic, in, I mean, secular world, whatever it is that we're pursuing, if we can have at the back of our minds that I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ, nothing changes that. So if I find myself in any situation, whether as a diarist, whether as a lawyer, whatever it is, I can be a society. Clearly we're all
1: wired different. You you don't have to be a rocket scientist to find out that we're all emotionally, physically, psychologically unique, you know? And, and, and practically speaking for everybody to get up and be a pastor would just be craziness yeah. and that would be counterproductive yeah, right. right and there's there's a lot of different tasks that need to be done to accomplish God's purposes in mm-hmm. his kingdom mm-hmm. um, you know that the trash collector is just as necessary yeah. as the preacher and, and we all play a unique role and mm-hmm. Paul would liken this to a body saying in a body you have parts that you can't see they're, they're all essential yeah. to the functioning of that body and there's hidden parts he says of the body you mm-hmm. know that are actually more critical than yeah. the parts that we see that you know we might I'll be looking at the preacher up front, but you don't know that is you know his mother-in-law who's you know <laughs> sick at, at home and mm-hmm. praying her heart out for him that's yeah. really upholding his yeah. uh, ministry. That's true. You have no idea that's you true. know that the, the internal organs and what they're doing if, as it were. Yeah. So in a way you know Paul wants to emphasize that each one of us play a critical role. Yeah. We're all uniquely made and uniquely gifted. Mm-hmm. We can't all be getting up and being the pastors the, right. and yeah. the preachers that would be completely fruitless in yep. terms of the the, the kingdom of God. Uh, on the contrary, we only need to, you know, take a look at ourselves. Say, God, oh, okay, you have uniquely created me. Yeah. You uniquely gifted me. Where do I fit in the puzzle? Where do I fit in in the body? Uh, use me where you feel like I can best be used. And I think when we get fixated on, I got to be the pastor. I want to mm-hmm. be a preacher. That's when right? we need to check our own motivations. That's so, true. What? Why am I so fixated on? On, on being mm. uh, the vi- the most visible member of the church. Mm. How healthy is that? How, you know, at the end of the day, how, you know, honestly speaking, mm. you know, can we really say that we're doing this for the sake of Christ and for the sake of the church, or are we just, you know, trying to feed our own ego? Mm. And, and and that can be a very dangerous thing. I think as a church, we need to do better mm. at, at honoring the different members of the church, and, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, recognizing how God is working in a broader Sense, yeah. uh, sadly, this is a fact that you know. Usually, in most churches today, one percent of the church does ninety-nine percent of the work. <laughs> yeah, that's and true. And that one percent is the pastor <laughs> 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 and his uh, wife. That's true. And that's just very unfortunate. Not only is it is it is it you know overbearing hmm. on the pastor, and that's what many of them kind of go through burnout. Yeah that's but true. it also it steals from the body. The joy of ministering, of serving, of being involved in God's work, and of reaping the fruits, and of being integrally, you know, con- connected to the body and seeing God work through them. And this is God's desire. And I think the sign for me of a healthy church, you know, when you people go to New City, they might, you know, go church shopping, mm-hmm. which is a very, you know, uh, modern Western term, you know. <laughs> Church shopping. I can't imagine what Paul would say to that term, of blessing, or Jesus for that matter. Well, but people go church shopping, yeah. right? And which, others go church
0: hopping. Which right? one would I settle with? And,
1: and, and what's our criteria, might I ask? Well, you know, what's. How's the worship? How's you know, the worship? is the worship most really most dynamic? Most That's one of the biggest things we're looking for. How motivating uh, is the pastor? How motivating is the pastor? speaking how dynamic is it? You know, uh, we might be looking at you know the building if it really you know looks impressive. You know, if you yeah, if you if you have a family and kids, you're looking at the kids program. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. How, how good is the kids or the teens program, right? Uh, you know, depending on what your particular slant is, mm. you know, how good this, the fireworks are, you know, mm. the show and the mm-hmm. screen and the music, mm-hmm. where it, it, you're looking at all these things. Biblically speaking, what should we work, be looking for when we're considering a church? Mm. Ephesians chapter 4 tells us what a good church is like. Mm. Okay, he talks about how. Uh, we're to be united yeah. and that we're within this unity there's all this diversity. diversity in fact you might be interested to know, you know many of your uh, listeners here are probably students university students yeah. the word university comes from the latin university yeah. so unity and diversity, diversity is the whole idea yeah. and this perfectly describes the church yeah, unity and diversity hmm. and you have the unity first there Very strongly put forward by Paul in Ephesians 4 1 through 7. And then he starts talking about the diversity and all these different gifts that that the body has been endowed with. And then he goes on to say, starting in verse 12 and 13, he says, Well, maybe we should read it. Okay, Ephesians chapter 4 12. Okay. Uh, So I can manage your Bible here. (laughs) Okay, so he says, uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse. Uh, 12, he's given all these gifts, some are pastors, some are teachers, evangelists, and all the rest, and what's the goal of all this? To prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ will be built up until each we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of God, of the Son of God, to become mature, attaining to the full measure of Christ. So, the idea of each member becoming mature, but he goes further, he says, then we're not going to be tossed one way and the other, and verse 15, instead of speaking the truth in love, we will all in all things grow up into him who is ahead mm-hmm. that is christ he continues to be the lord mm-hmm. from him the whole body it's in our connection to him mm-hmm. in our faithfulness to him in our discipleship from mm-hmm. him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows here's the key and builds itself up
0: in love yeah. as each part does this work that's the key as each
1: part does this work you know, a body is only effective as you know the, the health of each of its parts. Yeah, sure. I bang my thumb, that's it. You know, I'm finished for the day. <laughs> and it's just my thumb. Yeah. You know, but it doesn't matter if it's just my thumb, the whole body's hurting, yeah. says Paul. You know, the body is only as effective as the health of each of its members. Yeah. And when I mean health, I mean the healthy working. Yeah. Each member yeah. must be able to do his job. Yeah, sure. Right? And yeah. that's church. Yeah. That's true. And so he says, "This is the key to a healthy church." And as we're if we're going out looking for a church, this is what we should be looking for. Does everyone in this church have a part to play? Does each one, you know, willingly and happily participate and do their part? That is the sign of a healthy church. Not powerful, dynamic worship necessarily. Mm-hmm. Not you know charismatic preaching or some you know great swaying in the cross. It's this. Over a period of time, as you watch this body of believers, is each member contributing? Mm-hmm. Is each have a place? Is each involved integrally in mm-hmm. the movement forward of this church? Mm-hmm. That's the sign of a healthy church. Sure.
0: So everybody has a part to play. Mm-hmm. So there's nobody who's left out saying, I don't have a calling, I don't have anything to do mm-hmm. in church. We all have our part to play. Yeah? And every time we hold back from our part to play, we're affecting the body. Mm-hmm. Because that's one part of the body not working well. So we are, first we're disciples, understanding that, and then knowing that we have our part to play in the body of Christ. Yeah. So um, there's no excuse for any young person to say, I don't have anything to do with the church. And the idea that I'm born again, I don't need to go to church. I don't need to do anything for God. I'm fine. I'm going to heaven. So I stay at home and leave my life. It doesn't work that way. (laughs) So many points have been made in today's episode, and I hope that you'll be able to, grab a lot of things from there. And if you watch this, watch it again mm-hmm. to think about this. There's so many things that I've picked up for myself, but most importantly, you must remember that you're a disciple, you have a calling, and you have responsibility. Mm-hmm. Your pastor just, does not stop you from performing your responsibility. In fact that you have a bishop doesn't mean you shouldn't do your part in the body of Christ. And what's beautiful about it is, like during suspension is the diversity we have so, you don't necessarily have to be a public speaker. You have a role to play in every place you find yourself. Whatever God has wired through you, you go ask Him, Lord, what is my part to play in your body? Mm-hmm. He will show you. As long as you're a disciple, He will let you know and you obey Him and do your best as possible. No part is useless, mm-hmm. every part is glorified in God. Thank you so much, Pastor. You're welcome. Um, you don't mind, Pastor. But <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm hoping to have you more uh, for some other topics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll let you know when they send me any message. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much. Watch the episode, like it, and share. Actually, you don't need to like. Just share, <laughs> listen, and yeah. And I hope to hear your feedback. Thank you. God bless you, and have a wonderful day.